Welcome to Tales from the Abyss, the Muslim filter, unselfish, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell them, Jay. Folks, it's that time again. That's right. It's time for another wonderful episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, along with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Pahur Rojo. And folks, yes, if you couldn't tell by the opening line, uh, I think we should dedicate this episode to Mr. Scott Hall. Razor Ramon in the WWE uh, passed away, uh, unfortunately, I believe it was yesterday, but uh, I'm sure we'll get into that, but tonight's episode, we're getting back into horror, and it's another recent horror film, and uh, I gotta tell you, I've got some good thoughts on it, but with that, my friend, I want to pass it on over to you, why don't you tell the folks what we're doing tonight? Well, Jake, just like you just said, uh, rest in peace to the bad guy, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, Cowboy Scott Hall is our first guy. Came across him when he was in the AWA. And, um, you know, some of your, your your heroes from your childhood passing away, unfortunately. So, rest in peace. Great matches. But tonight we're going to be discussing The Antlers. The uh, act, horror movie that you told me to watch. And then I come to find out that you had not even watched it yet. Well, I watched it now. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> but not when you said me. But I got to say that it was... It was real good. I uh, I like the actors in it. Carrie Russell, she was in FX, The Americans, did a great job on that. Right, and, and, you know, it's a great little uh, creature feature, you know? Yeah, and then and, Jesse Plemons, he was on a, he's been on a lot of stuff. He's been on El Camino. He's been, I think, on the last season of, uh, of uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, but this is a little sleeper. It starts a little... I mean, it, it, they did a good promotion for it in the movie theaters, but I don't think it had that big of a... Uh, that big of an impact on the on the ticket sales. No, I, if I remember right, I was doing some uh, research on it earlier today, and I think it... I don't think it grossed, but maybe 83.7, if that much. Yeah. Uh, at the box office. But I'll tell you what, though... Director was it Scott Cooper? Scott Cooper, based on the uh, based on the uh, the story by uh, it's called The Quiet Boy by Nick and Tosca. Okay. In uh, well, supernatural Mr. horror. Mr. Cooper, Mr. Cooper put together one hell of a cinematic looking movie. Yeah, yeah, because it it, it takes place in Central Oregon. And they they capture it real good, like anything that you've ever seen in a documentary. Yeah, I mean, like the first couple of minutes of me watching it, the first thing that came to my head was, "Wow, this movie looks really good." Yeah, I mean, it starts out with this. Uh, mm-hmm. Starts out with this crystal meth addicts or crackheads. I don't know what they were, but they get attacked by a, a Wendigo. And one of them gets it. It's like, a, this is like, a, the Wendigo's like, well, I mean, it's, uh, first of all, let's explain what the damn Wendigo is, because uh, I have fought the Wendigo as Wolverine in the original Xbox Wolverine uh, video game, the one that was real damn good. I don't know if you ever played that one. It's been years, but I played it, and it was real good. And uh, he also appeared on the, uh, on the Wolverine uh, comic books when they were good back in the day. 
Wolverine would go somewhere in Canada to do a special investigation about some tourists being disappearing and all of a sudden it was the Wendigo and the Wendigo attacked them and this and that and it looks like a combination between a werewolf and a snow creature, at least the one that Marvel drew for the, for the Wolverine, but it, it's really a bad spirit that the Native Americans believe that takes over you and turns you into this creature when you have too much greed, you don't respect the environment and you're just like an evil cloud. Yes, yes, yes. And the, you know, the story about the, the Wendigo is that it turns you into this cannibalistic and savage uh, 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 being that jumps from person to person. As told by the Algonquin people. I don't know if I can pronounce that word correctly. They're indigenous people from Eastern Canada. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how to say it either. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you got me. Please don't ask me to spell because then I'm really screwed. I mean, I can spell it as A-L-G-O-Q-U-I-N. Very good. Yeah, I just couldn't pronounce <laughs> I just know that I may not be pronouncing it correctly. I don't want none of the woke uh, mob to say that I'm butchering the name of a native. Hey, if anybody ever asked you if you're woke, you just give them the old Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, I'm awake. SJ, folks, according to... Uh, Ancestry then come, I'm only 86% white. So, Jay is a full blood of white man. He's the one that can pronounce the word. Mm, yeah. Savage in this. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Savage in this poor uh, native from Eastern Canada's name. But nevertheless, you know, it has a good thing behind it. It's just to keep people in check. But whether it's real or not, I don't know. But I know that in this movie it is, and it is a damn. Hell of a fun ride. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, you know what? The, you know what? It kind of reminded me of. It reminded me of that late '90s horror movie, The Relic. It did had that relic feeling. You're right. Um, ma mainly because you know the relic is also a creature feature. You know, you got you get your monster. Um, only difference is that the relic basically takes place in one setting um, in that museum, but you know, and, and antlers uh, goes to a couple of different spots. But uh, it had some good scares, man. It's a very moody type of film. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it goes slow. This one is not for uh for fans of horror that that comes at you twenty four seven. Right. I mean, it's not like the latest screen movie we reviewed. I mean, it doesn't come at you quick and fast. It's, yeah. It's, it, like you said, it's very slow moving. It's a little bit methodical. It's got some moodiness to it. It looks great. The, the cinematography is great. It really captures the the kind of down the downside the downness of the movie. You know what I mean? Because the, the movie is really somber with its themes about neglect and child abuse and so forth. And so um, the um, director Scott Cooper did a wonderful job filming this. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that's my favorite part of the movie is just to look at it. Yeah, and, so. and a lot of people, you know, the uh, Graham Greene, he's in it, and he was at uh, Dances with Wolves. Okay, oh, I also saw that Rory Cochran was in it, and I recognized the name in the credits, so I went back and looked. Turns, come to find out, he played the big pothead Slater in Days and Confused. Yes. <laughs> that was it, yeah. Days of Confusion is one of my favorite movies of all time. 
Wow. <laughs> You're yeah, right. I love that movie. Hey, Matthew McConaughey is the absolute shit in that movie. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah, Roy Cochran played uh, Officer Dan. Daniel, so, Daniel LaCroix. Right. Yeah, he played, and, and he did a great job with it. Every, all the actors in this movie were, were pretty good. Yeah, you know, and it's really the first time I've seen Kerry Russell in anything in a while. Maybe it's just, not, I'm not watching the right stuff, but... Yeah, same here, because uh, Kerry Russell's impactful. She's just a, 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 a great actress, and everything that she's done, she shines. Yeah, that's that's basically what what everybody knows her on the big screen because that was her big ass uh, role. But I'm surprised that you don't see yeah. her on more things because she is. I have, I just can't think of them off the top of my head. She was in also the movie that we were talking about last week, Dawn Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. She was good call. Yeah, and like you said, Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, and she was on the movie Waitress. That's a 2007 movie. That. Yeah. Hot little thing. And of course, The Americans was the one that she... She truly... Uh, she truly uh, got praise for. She was also in The, in the Rise of Skywalker as uh, Sorry Bliss, she was. Okay, I didn't know that either. Yeah. She was in uh, Arrested Development as Widow Carr. Dark Skies, Goats, Running Wild, the TV series. Yeah. yeah, she was Judy on Goats. She was on Wonder Woman, The Boys in Media. That must have been a. Uh, I'm imagining that this is this that Wonder Woman that she was in could have been a cartoon. Had to be. That had to have been. Had to be because she was the voice. So. She that was. Had Yeah, they do them good. Oh, man, yeah. I'm getting ready to watch one later tonight, man. Uh, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I've seen it, and I got the graphic novels. How is it? Very good. All right. That's all I needed to know. That one in Batman by Gaslight is excellent. Bas Batman by Gaslight is even better. That's good, yeah. That's good. And it was good. And, of course, uh, the original one was real good. Well, she's been on, on Clark's as Sandra. She's been on Married with Children. The oh, Bu wow, okay. Bon Jovi video, Always. Oh, man, I love me some Bon Jovi, man. <laughs> That's why she's been on that video. Oh, and, of course, was she was Felicity on the Felicity okay, TV show, okay. Felicity that's Porter. Good. A lot of people know what yeah, that's where I guess I never knew her from that because I never watched that show. So I would have I would have known that she was in it. But wow, yeah, that's that's so cool. Heck yeah, I didn't know she was in that much. Yeah, I mean, because we hardly ever see in a movies. I think is the problem. Oh, and then, you know Jesse Plemons. He's he's uh, if you have seen that, I don't know if you've seen El Camino on Netflix. Where he's uh, one of the white supremacists is the follow up to uh, 
to Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, this guy is uh, a very good actor coming on up. Okay. He's been getting a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of different roles lately. In this one, of course, he plays a, a cop that uh, he believes that he's not infected, but we know that he got the virus from fighting the uh, the Wendigo, and the Wendigo got him, but didn't fully get him. Enough to make his ass get ready to turn. And now he's basically turning, because at the end of this, we basically see him and how he starts spitting up whatever that black goo is that is taking over him and I guess it did a different effect on the crack on the the man that had the crystal meth addiction. Hey, either hey, either the, that cop like got infected from that beast or he's got one hell of a smoker's cough. <laughs> no, I, he's got he's infected by the beast. Yeah. Yeah, he's infected by the beast. I mean, the beast basically got him and it got him good. Well, you were just breaking up on the uh, on the uh, phone, but what Jay just said was that he's never watched Breaking Bad, and he cut a lot of slack from it because it's such a good show. I got late to I, I probably came in late to the party. The, the season the 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 show had been in for like, like three seasons when I jumped in it, but I have to say that it was a, a very good show. Now they they have this the spinoff is also very good. Uh, better Better Call Saul. Okay. And uh. The movie, I didn't need it. I had no need for it. But nevertheless, Netflix did it. And it was another one of those disappointments. It's, it really... Was it worse than the many cents to Newark, that Sopranos prequel we got? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that it was bad. I would say that it had no, sub no substance. It was just to show you that Jesse, which was one of the characters from Breaking Bad, that he survived and that he was... Uh, He finally escaped because this white supremacist has taken him over. I mean, at least the, the character of Jesse Plemons had taken him hostage. And it showed you how they were punishing him and basically treating him like a dog and how he escapes and... Okay. And all I that. was just wondering. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know, it's... I don't know. Netflix drops the ball here and there a lot with all this. Oh, yeah, well, we found that out with Texas Chainsaw, so don't get me started with Don't get me started with that shit. Every time I think about that shit, I tell you, podcast and fucking movie, I get upset. See, I already started cursing. I said I didn't want to curse no more on the show because it bothers me. Well, you know what, man? Think about it, though, just real quick, all right? Think about it. Like, the horror movie kingdom, like, we're all craving for a good Texas Chainsaw movie, right? The original one, of course, classic, I mean, can't deny it. First remake, 2003, pretty good little horror flick. I liked it. But anything else, it's been straight trash, man. I mean, that's a lot of years. A lot of years and reboots we've had to endure to get a decent chainsaw movie. And we still haven't gotten one. No, we haven't gotten it. The only thing good that we've ever gotten, as far as the new versions of it, is the remake. And that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all we ever we ever got. In. But going back to this, it got an R. This was an R for violence and gruesome image, I guess, because you're dealing with a kid that's being abused, neglected at home. You know, even the nurse at school is getting involved. The principal got involved. Well, yeah, I mean, they're trying to figure out what's going on with this kid. And, you know, come to find out, 
assaulted. Was it taken over? Yeah, he was lucky he didn't get taken over because I think he was in the car. I think the other brother might have been the one that jumped out and was out there snooping around, and right. he got caught with it. Yeah, so you got his dad and Aiden, which is his brother. Basically, you know, Frank, his father, and Aiden. And they're basically locked up in there eating whatever roadkill he brings them. Yeah, I mean, he's, like I said, he's doing everything to keep them around, you know? Until Carrie runs everything involved. And then, and then we see flashbacks, you know, the dad is telling his sons, you know, don't open this door, daddy's sick. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to. Like, you think? <laughs> yeah, because he was totally just far gone, and so did the boy. And it was a shame, but at the end, Carrie Russell had to make the decision to take out the boy, telling him that. Uh, but she just she told him she said uh, he won't make. I mean, he he he's not coming back. No, she didn't want to do it, but she had no choice. I mean, but it was gruesome just to see him, you know, how she was getting ready to stab this little boy. Right. Yeah, she was lucky enough that they took out the, the father. Because that, that, I mean, this is a, I don't know what the Wendigo is. They don't give you a clear, clear view of him. But you know, he, he has some horn, some antlers, and the rest is like a werewolf, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, the creature itself looks spooky, nasty. I mean, it was like a good werewolf movie, if you think about it. Yeah, but you know what else, though, Antlers? It's also a sad movie, is it not? Oh, very sad. This is not a happy movie at all. There's nothing, there's nothing. I mean, not even the survivors in this get to escape without mental scars that are going to bring them down forever. The, the, they went in depth as much as they, they could. I mean, it's just a movie that develops very slow and then it just takes it on from there. When it gets going, before you know it, it's over. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you just said, being slow after the first scene, there was a minute there and I was kind of dozing off like, something's going to happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I would tell anybody that wants to see this movie. Is that it goes very slow, but it is worth the watch. Right, it is definitely worth the watch. And I think they will have a sequel um, eventually. I mean, I know the movie itself didn't like the box office on fire, but yeah, it, you know, it definitely deserves a sequel. I mean, I hope they don't, but I mean, I, I really hope they don't. 
Because when you do art like this, like you said, it was a dark movie, nasty, run, it burns very slow, and then it burns itself out, but it leaves you thinking, and it leaves you in a very impactful way. I don't like it when they make a remake. Oh, I hear you there. Like, make, make something about antlers, but don't make it with, uh, don't make it now with Jesse Plemons as the new Wendigo. Just make a different story with, with him, and I'll be all right. They might could. I mean, you never know. I mean, Hollywood's pretty good at coming up with some bullshit nowadays. <laughs> but Netflix will probably pick it up. If Shutter picks it up, then I believe it'll be all right. But if Netflix picks oh, it up. Gets it. I mean, I'm there. Yeah, if Netflix picks it up, then we're we're doomed because there's no yeah. What's your your uh your take on it is like it's similar in a certain way to a werewolf movie. Yeah, I agree with you 100% with that. Yep. I was watching um, the original uh werewolf movie from the back in the day, the one that started it all. Lon Chaney, and what a great movie that was. The Wolfman. The Wolfman, where he uh he witnesses the uh the death of this uh this uh gypsies that were running around with the in the carnival. Mm -hmm. And he just turns into a werewolf and impactful. I mean I still say my favorite werewolf movie is an American werewolf in London. That one was, was, uh, it was great. Yeah, that, and when I was a kid, I really liked Silver Bullet, only because I really liked Gary Busey. <laughs> no, Sil Silver Bullet is a, uh, underappreciated werewolf movie. Oh, man, it's great. Uh, I mean, it's Corey Aim is the stars of the little boy in the wheelchair. And yeah. Gary, Gary Busey plays a crazy uncle, go figure. And, uh. You know, you've, you've got some good werewolf effects. It's based off a Stephen King story. Mm -hmm. So it's a Silver Bullet is definitely worth watching. That was one of the horror movies, like, when I was a kid, like, six, seven years old. That was one of the horror movies that was always on TV. And then it disappeared, because it's hard to find it now. Oh, I know. But I remember watching that plain as day. I have a cousin, um, her name's Amanda, and uh, we're, we're both about the same age. Big shout out to Amanda. She listens to our show. Uh, she's about to. Because <laughs> if she finds out we're talking about Silver Bullet, she's going to be all over it. Okay. But, um, uh, so Amanda and I, you know, like I said, we're the same age. We'd sit and watch it. <laughs> Whenever It used to come on the USA Network on their Saturday movie, horror movie block called Saturday Nightmares. I don't know if you remember that. Begley. But, uh, Begley. I remember when they used to do the uh, Toxic Avenger on Saturday nights. Yeah, they used to do, like, from, they used to show a horror double feature that started at 8 o'clock, mm -hmm. and it was called uh, USA Saturday Nightmares, and they'd show all kinds of horror films, just, even, like, the most obscure ones, like, do you remember The Hearst? They used to show The Hearst, yes, that was when USA yeah. Network was USA Network, back in the day when they were actually worth something. And then on Saturday mornings, they had uh, Captain USA's Groovy Movies. I don't know if you remember that, but... Yes, I do. Uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, that's where Silver Bullet used to come on Saturday Nightmares all the time. All the time. 
Yeah, this movie, like I said, uh, uh, yeah, Silver Bullet disappear out of nowhere. It just like one of those things where now you have to basically buy it in order to watch it. But it's such a good movie. It is a good movie. It's, it's just uh, that, that opening from American Werewolf in London is forever in my brain. That's Don't, another class. You know, John yeah. Landis directed that. Yeah, just um, going into the slaughter lamb. Yeah. And having all those people basically just look at them like they're insane and for being walking around there at night and having oh man it was so good and some people say that the werewolf effects in London were the best ones ever that's what they say that's what they say for a werewolf movie yep I mean they were impactful so to shut this down before we start talking about Racer Ramon because we were you know this movie is just like the same it's the way that we're reviewing it it's the way that it is very slow. Carrie Russell goes into the house, starts finding out that the boy is in trouble. The boy starts going after the road kills, taking him. We don't know what really is going on for a while. We know that in the beginning of the movie, the father was attacked by something. Right. And next thing you know, is all full blown into a one big finale that leads us into Jesse Plemons. Taking out the yep. beast. That's right. And Carrie That's Russell. Really it. It, yeah. You just described the whole, you know, ninety-minute movie in a nutshell. Yeah, but you know, I don't want people to think that just because I can describe it that easy, because it burns so slow that it's actually not worth the watch, because it's actually worth the watch. It is, but folks, like we've been saying, it's just you know, it's a slow burner, and you just gotta keep with it. Yeah, you just got to keep with it because it has its rewards towards the end. You you will feel that you have watched a movie that is very interesting and uh, it's got a distinctive scenes in it. You know, the scenery from it is is real nice. At least I like that kind of silver skies and the Oregon woods and all of that. Yeah, I like. I mean, like I said, to me, the best part about the movie is the way it looks and um, director. Mr. Cooper, Scott Cooper, did an excellent job of setting the tone of the film. So, I mean, and, and it goes from there. Put it this way, the tone of the film matches the plot. It matches with what's going on. So, Absolutely. Uh, it, it was very, very well done. And Anglers is one of those horror films that surprised me a little bit, meaning how, how good it is. So, Absolutely. So, folks... There you have it. You can list. You can watch it. Find it. It is worth the watch. I mean, it's I wouldn't. HBO Max. It's on HBO Max. Okay, HBO Max is the way to go. Yes. I mean, I haven't lost anything by not going to the movies to watch it. It's not something that you want to go to the movies and watch it. I hear you. So that's probably why it wasn't as as impactful as it should have been in the movies because it had a lot of. It had a good promotion for it. They 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 really promoted it. It just. Hardcore horror fans would go and watch it. These days, I'd rather go to the movies for something big, enjoyment, and leave. Right. That new X that's coming out this weekend, if I'm not doing nothing this weekend, I may go watch it because uh, I'll probably like that. What is that? X. It's about a group of guys in Texas. They go into deep into the boonies, into the woods to film a porno movie in the 1970s. And apparently, the neighbors next door from the house that they have taken over to film their movie... Uh, there's a lady that has some kind of, I don't know if supernatural horror or what happens, but they end up survive, trying to fight for their lives, whatever happens. Okay, I have 
got to check that out. And then uh, they also have a new movie coming out on HBMX called, I think it's called DMZ. Not TMZ, that's that no damn reality crap. DMZ um, with Rosario Dawson. It's like a, uh, it looks like a sci-fi action movie. Huh. Definitely, I'll definitely look into it. So now we're going to move into the, uh, an unfortunate uh, talk, I mean, about uh, Scott Hall, known as Razor Ramon, that unfortunately he was taken out of life support yesterday. And, uh, you know, he was instrumental in getting a, a good friend of mine into the WWE, Sabio Vega. Right, known yeah, as, as yeah, it's Juan Rivera, and he was instrumental in getting him because he had worked with Savio in Puerto Rico, and they had a, a good run together over there. And uh, Scott Hall just, you know, we know him from, I don't know if you remember him in the AWA. It was like, uh, for me, it was like Magnum T, like Magnum TI with uh, just a bigger, muscular version of him when he was in a... Oh. Well, he, he like Terry Allen is who I was referring to, but well, I know, but that's what they said. That's what they said about Magnum TA too. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Like yeah, they had a uh, they had a big uh, brush for a mustache in uh, both of them, and uh, uh, they were beautiful. <laughs> they were as, they, some of the you put in Burt Reynolds' mustache with that, you got the best mustaches in history. <laughs> yeah. But somehow Vince McMahon saw something else in him and they erased that mustache and turned him into the iconic Razor Ramon, a stylish Cuban-American that basically came from uh, an Amer a bully from Miami. And the yeah. character was uh, basically modeled after Tony, Tony Montana and Manny Ribeira from the 1983 film Scarface. Which is why they nickname him the uh, the bad guy, and yep. he always says, "Say hello yeah, to the bad." Yeah, say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, uh, you know he uh, he had his demons. Unfortunately, and they cut up to him towards the end of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, in life, people have those demons that they have to do. Yes. Yeah, 
I think his son wrestled. I don't know if he still wrestled. He was wrestling in Japan. I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to that. I've lost track of that. Right. Yeah. You know what he said about that match? What's that? He said most people think that was the best match that me and Shawn Michaels had. He said we had 30 of those throughout the country. And he said that he had one in Kansas City, I think it was. If I'm not mistaken, that's what he said in an interview. And he said they had some that blew that one way out of the water. Were way better than that one. I was like, wow. You mean like, I mean, it was like house shows, like smaller shows that they did. Right. None pay-per-views. I mean, Yeah, I mean, they, they got each other on a good night, and they went after each other. Shawn Michael was on top of the game. Razor Ramon was on top of the game. I think by the time he got to WCW, he wasn't what he used to be. It was a whole different version of him. Yeah, but, you know, he'll always be remembered as a founding father of the NWO. Yeah, the NWO, when he was with the Outsiders, was Scott Hall. Where they came through the crowd, I think it was? Yeah, he walked through the crowd and interrupted the match. (laughs) Walks into the ring and goes, hey, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You were at that show. I was there, man. I was in the audience with my dad. Wow. Yeah, that was a show. I remember that. That was on TV. They showed that on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's me. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> and people actually believe there was a real invasion and that Vince McMahon has sent them over there to sabotage WCW. I know, man. That's what made it so cool. Yeah, because they know? say it was based on a, on a story from Japan, the NWO, but boy, they were the wrestling world. They didn't know what hit them when them American boys played that role over here. Yeah, it was more yeah, garbage in the ring. Yo, yeah, look, I went back and watched the NWO documentary last night, and um, I, what I didn't ever notice before, and I've seen that match in the interview after a hundred times, right? But I guess because in the pay-per-view or other feeds of it, uh, it cuts away. But after Hogan did that leg drop, a fan ran into the ring. And confronted, of all people, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is seven foot, you know, 200 something pound of kick your ass. Are yeah. you serious? You're going to run right into Kevin Nash? As Kevin Nash seriously punched the dude punch in the him. face. Yeah, punch him in the face. I know that boy went went to the hospital that night. Oh, yeah. But you cross that. You, <laughs> you cross that rail. You get what you get. Hey, one story, a story about uh, if I ever get the photo, I'll be more than happy to share it with you and I'll share it on social media and whatnot and I'll write something about it. But uh, I took, I, I had a photo with, uh, not with me and him, but just him walking and what is behind the story why I took the photo was at a convention. I'm trying to think, I think it was Texas. If I'm not mistaken, it was in Dallas. But uh, Scott Hall was walking to the bathroom with his, uh, 
he had this he wore this jacket that was like with the NWO wolf pack, a kind of blood dripping on it. I don't know if you remember that. I do I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he was walking and people were asking him for the uh for an autograph, but the guy, the promoter that was I guess whoever brought him to the booth to sign the autograph was behind him and he said, Hey man, I'll do anything for you guys, but you know I can because They don't let me because I'm in here to sign stuff. You know, you see me on the street, I'd be more than happy to sign whatever you need. And, and he kept well, on walking and went to the bathroom and came out and went back to his booth. But that was cool that he said something like that instead of just saying, no, I can't. He actually gave an explanation about why. that He didn't have to do that, but I thought it was cool. Yeah, and I mean, he also was uh, another good thing that uh, another well, another uh, memorable thing that he did was that he uh, he lost to the one two three kid, which was one of his best friends in the long run or back then. Uh, yeah, he lost to him on the the premiere of uh, Monday Night Raw. That 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 he lost to him. Right. Yeah. It was like it was an early episode. It wasn't the premiere episode, but um, the only reason I know that, by the way, is because I watched the premiere episode not too long ago. But um, but it was very early, and it was really a match that kind of jump started Sean Walkman's career. Yeah. So they must have been friends back then, because he would have never done that. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was if there was nothing, but then again, he was he was in, he was getting going himself in the WWE. Medesha? Long blonde hair. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about Scott Steiner, the one that, that used to show up with Container. No, I don't know. I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, well, her name's Alicia in real life. I forgot what her screen name was. Anyway, well, they were all having a big party at Jen's house. I got invited. Come to find out Alicia and her now husband um, are, were really good friends with Sean Waltman, and he came because WrestleMania was coming to Houston that week. Wow. And, uh, and yeah, I'm not going to get into everything that happened. But mm, I hope you don't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let me just put it this way. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. Uh, had a lot to say about the wrestling business and did not shy away from answering any questions, which I thought was cool. Because I originally tried to stay away from it, you know. But then, like, the inner me is like, okay, I got to know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I met him one time. He said, he said, hi. well, he, I was with, uh, Mil Muertes, who's Ricky Banderas, or I don't know what, yeah. He wrestled in, in Lucha Underground, and I was in his booth talking to him, and I guess they're very good friends, him and Sean Wallman. And he came by and said hi to him, so he said hi to me because he got class. But, uh, yeah, the guy was, I, I remember when I was always doing, posting shit about wrestling and calling myself a wrestling reporter, I was the only person who defended the man. 
when he got caught at the airport, I said, I said, there's no way that this guy got caught with drugs at an airport. But you know how the frenzy goes. The the people that just, they're such yeah. great wrestling fans and promoters and and, and, uh, uh, and and journalists, if you can call them that. Uh, and all they do is, 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 is they munch of a, of a wrestler's uh, downfall as soon as they can. And it was it turned out that it was G's powder for G's infection. <laughs> the same way they arrested him, the same way they had to let him go as soon as they shake that shit out. Yeah. Or so before he had to leave, but about an hour. And uh, but super nice guy. Um, I didn't know he was a, a super nice guy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought. Mean, I've, I've, whenever I see him in interviews, and I think, yeah, man, that's a nice dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um. But, uh, and I know him and Scott Hall were just big time. Buddies. Yeah, that was that was the 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 group that they had. It was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Triple H. And Sean Wallman, I think. That was it. And Triple H, yeah, Triple H, yeah, the click. Yeah, that's what they called Shawn themselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, this is the first member of them that, that unfortunately passes away and is uh, a legend. Great guy. And a, a shame on all the, uh, over the years, all those, uh, they, they call themselves wrestling promoters. And all the dirtbags yeah. that actually hire him and in, in, in when he was down and out just to show him on TV or just to show him on their shows intoxicated so TMC could get uh, exposed their shitty promotion that's probably not even, it's non-existence right now because it should have been non-existence from the get-go because they don't produce good wrestling, they do shit. I know, man, that, uh, that was sad when all that happened with not only just Scott Hall, but Jake Roberts too. Yeah, they, 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 I mean, they're just, they call themselves wrestling promoters, but they're really nothing more than, than cheap pariahs that, that want to show the, the sport for, for what is really not, because not everybody has gone through that. But the ones that have, instead of helping them out, all they do is let me show them on TV to see if TMC or let me, let me get footage of it. Cause they're not even on TV. Right. Their bullshit ass shows wouldn't even make it on TV. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it. I don't want to deal with it. I think it's sad. Even Sean Watlin said in a documentary recently. I think it was that Jake Roberts documentary uh, talking about Jake, about Jake. You know, not doing well. You know, before and during a show, and was doing all kinds of outlandish things with a snake. And you know, Sean Watlin was saying. I mean, who puts a guy like that out there? That's what I'm. That's what I'm telling you. Some sick uh, person. I was just profanity. I'm trying to really clean my act. I'm trying to save this show. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I'm better than that. Um, you know, they're 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 really. You know, they have the audacity to call themselves wrestling promoters, and they nearly want to compare themselves to Vince McMahon, who's probably the greatest promoter that ever walked the face of the earth. Whether I like his programming currently. Uh, programming or not, I think maybe it's just that we have gotten so old where at least the guy is who he is. At least he just tells you, this is entertainment, what I'm selling you, and that's entertainment, and that's all you're going to get, you know? And sometimes the entertainment over looks so corny that that's the reason why we're turned off by it. And then we decide to watch the other people at the other station that are doing 80s wrestling with nothing more than buckets of blood. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm always going to watch pro wrestling here and there, but 
I always get sad when one of the legends pass away. They're, you know they're desperate to sell that that Jerry's World, which is an incredible big uh, big venue, and he's really not coming back to wrestle. He's going to show up to the Kevin Owens like the Roddy Piper pit. Kevin, uh, I thought he was wrestling. No, well, there's going to be some wrestling to it, but he did the same thing the last time we I was there on WrestleMania 32, where he showed up. Uh, Shawn Michaels came out with him, and Mick Foley came out, and they took out Alberto the Rio, Sheamus, and. Uh, Ah, Barrett, it was a group of the, uh, like the, uh, the group of the world domination or some bullshit like that. I don't know what it was, but, uh, yeah, he's going to toss the guy around for a little bit, give him a stunner and go home. Hey man, um, it'll make the crowd pop. No oh no, it'll does. make the, it'll make sell some tickets and it'll make the crowd excited. And that's what WrestleMania is. It's just entertainment, exciting, do some one-off novelty things to get the people, uh, to get the people who purchase a ticket or who tune in to enjoy themselves. Yeah. It's a well-done show. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that. It's a well-done show. The McMahons don't play when it comes to the WrestleMania. I mean, they, they really... I mean, it's really an incredible night of entertainment. I've seen Snoop Dogg perform at WrestleMania. Good old Snoop, man. Yep, he came out with his uh, long-distant relative, uh, Sasha Banks. Right. Yeah, yeah I I saw uh, Flo Rider perform. I've seen Alice Cooper. I've seen... I love Alice Cooper. Yeah, I mean, there's so many celebrities that show up at WrestleMania. That WrestleMania is a, a spectacle. We're, WrestleMania's around the corner. Do you think they're going to have a tribute to Scott Hall? Um, I, don't, I don't think they do that on WrestleMania, to the best of my knowledge. I don't see it, but I think maybe this Monday night, if you watch the show, they probably did something. Or, or no, because he passed by on a that. Tuesday. Right, I think yeah. they. I think they did. Um, but you know, but you know, a, a lot of our wrestling heroes, unfortunately, have been you know passing away over the past several years. And every once in a while, when one one of them passes, it kind of hurts. You know what I mean? And this is one of the ones that kind of hurts. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this one. Yeah, I mean, like the one that hurt me the most was the two. It was probably Ultimate Warrior and. I wasn't expecting um, Roddy Piper. Yeah, that one hurt because that was really it. both of them were unexpected, big time. So, and then Scott Hall was unexpected because you know he'd been battling these demons for so long. It seemed like he was finally getting himself together, and then he did, and then this happens. Yeah, I mean, um, it was just a, a surgery with a surgery for a hip replacement, and the 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 blood clots hit him and gave him three heart attacks, and the man couldn't survive him. Yep, and that's that's the problem. So, it's unfortunate. But, you know, Scott Hall, I mean, I'll always remember him as part of the NWO because, I mean, of course I remember Razor, but I loved him in the NWO, even though he didn't, his matches weren't nearly as good. Uh, like you said before, he, he wasn't the, the wrestler as he was before by, by then. No. But I loved his persona. I loved the way he played the bad guy. I love the way him and Kevin Nash played off each other, and then Hogan, and it was just such a dynamic. And you know, <laughs> for those, for that year and a half to two years, man, wrestling, like it was the cool. It was cool to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, no, they took over. They took over that NWO uh, 
Man, I still, I still, and everybody knows about the NWO. I wear this NWO jacket sometimes when it's cold outside. And uh, even young people just, hey, NWO for life. You know, it's something that everybody knows about. Oh, no, I've got a long sleeve uh, NWO Wolfpack shirt upstairs. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. given it to me a while back. Oh, uh, yeah. I tell you what, the, the Scott Hall passing really did kind of hurt because he was one of the guys I really liked. Admired. Yeah, no, he was a, a hellacious wrestler. Even when he was the cowboy Scott Hall, that he was fighting himself, because all Vince yeah. McMahon really did. They say good professional wrestlers, they never change their style in the ring. They can change their persona, but never the style in the ring. And right. all all Razor Ramon was was a uh, cowboy Scott Hall with a shaved mustache playing a uh, Cuban American bully. Oh, you yeah, know no. the style that he brought from uh, from uh, from the cowboy was still there. Yeah, but he also had an awful Cuban accent. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Razor Ramon. <laughs> I think he was born and raised in Florida. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, don't, I think he was too, yeah. No, no, no. He, he, was, he, was born in, uh, he was born in Maryland. He's a Maryland boy. I, I do remember in AWA back when AWA used to come on uh, ESPN. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the AWA. Yeah, the AWA. And I do remember when he got the WCW the first time and he was the Diamond Stud. He was the Diamond Stud, yeah. Yeah. He was a part of the that new faction with Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, because that's his friend in real life. Right, yeah. And so he came out as the Diamond Stud and had a big diamond, you know. Yeah, Jay, you... you, I mean, you had him right all along. He wrestled as a Magnum Scott Hall. Magnum Scott Hall, yeah. Yeah, then he was Big Scott Hall. I always thought of him as... Uh, I always thought he was Cowboy Scott Hall. I remember him as Big Scott Hall in the AWA. I think he was the AWA champion at one point, too. I know he was the tag team champion. Right. But, um... And he, he uh... He tagged him with uh, Kerr Hennings many times. Yeah, him and Henning were big time friends back then. Uh, Kerr Henning, another one we lost. Yeah. Yeah. No, they say that Scott Hall hated the 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 owner Greg Gagne, wanted Scott Hall to be the the world champion, but he hated the cold weather, and he <laughs> thought that uh that uh AWA was a sinking ship, and he left for the NWA in 1989. Unfortunately, yeah, because that 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 promotion was red hot, man. Oh, at one point, yeah, yeah, the seventies and early eighties, yeah. Wow, it's been an incredible show. I mean, we did fifty minutes a tribute to Scott Hall, a mini tribute to Scott Hall. You can never do him justice in an hour. And then we did uh, we did Antlers, the movie that is. Yeah, it's almost an hour. We're we're uh we're wrapping up. It's it's I mean when we have it when we're on a on one of one of a, me and Jay's flows like this is uh time flies. Oh man, that's that's what makes a good show, man. Chemistry and just let it roll. You know let I mean? it roll, baby. Let it roll. We're back on a roll. You the brand you can trust. You can trust us again, America. You can that's give right. us a chance, America. That's right. I'm you like, can tune in, like America. Just, I'm like the Biden administration. <laughs> <laughs> like the, 
Unlike the virus, they told you they told you to trust, and now you got a mortgage house to pay gas. Yeah. Dude, we're all about to be on fuel stamps. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm about to take out a loan to get gas next week. You know who's not getting any more money? Hunter. Not us. <laughs> no, they don't need to send me no money. Please, the U.S. government do not send me any money. Please and thank you. I don't need it. It's nothing but problems. No kidding. Let me go work. Keep the economy open. Let me go work. I'm just a working class man. On my days off, I wear a trucker hat and a flannel. I go get me a little meal. I go watch me a movie. I maybe have a, a beer. And I go home and I don't bother anybody. That's all I want to do. I don't, I mean, I'm hey, just a simple man. Me too, bro. I mean, I've got my family, but I, I walk around in blue jeans and flip-flops. Yeah. And I, I, I wear my trucker Marine Corps hat. I mean, uh, I've got a beard and mustache. Uh, I mean, um, I'm just, I'm very simple. Like, you know, this weekend, I, if I don't have to go out of town, but this weekend, you know, I was planning to watch the NCAA tournament. And oh. And have a Miller Lite, you know? Yeah, this is a tournament time. It's the grand finale for Coach K. Who you got winning it all, Jay? Villanova. Villanova winning it all. Yep, they are two seed in the South bracket. I don't know. And the biggest problem for them really is that Arizona is in their bracket, and Arizona is really, really good. They're a so, fast-paced team, right, Arizona? Yeah, I watched them play Saturday this past Saturday night in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh-huh. And who's your dark horse if you if if Villanova sure. does not get it? Uh, oh, dark horse. Let's see. Probably, I'm gonna probably my dark horse. Even though I do not have them in the final four, but if I had to pick a dark horse, it would be Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I have uh, I have Villanova, Kansas, Gonzaga, and Purdue. Yeah, that's who I got. No, but you don't have it in the order. I have it. Oh, well, I mean, those are the four teams I got. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have it in a particular order of going no, out. No, I'm not looking at it, but I know those are the okay. four teams that I have in the Final Four. So. Okay, now that's who I got in the Final Four. With Villanova winning it. Real quick, my sports show's back. Bet's Bob's Maroon. Plug it in, plug it in, plug it in, boy. Finally, man. Look, I mean, it was just me doing a recording today. uh, But everybody's getting ready to come back on board to get this thing going. I I posted a little quick 10-minute episode today just going through some basketball picks for tonight. And uh, tomorrow, either tomorrow or Thursday morning, uh, my buddy Matt is going to be with me, and we're going to go through the tournament and pick some games and uh, give out some betting lines. Some betting lines. No, that's the way alone is the way that I'm going to be doing the Batman show, the way that you've been going to watch that movie. I've already seen it twice. 
Jay I Linderman know, one. Huh? I know. I know, man. Dude, family life is busy. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, folks, before we wrap this up, on behalf of the great Jay Linderman, somewhere between high gas prices and even higher gas prices, you can find us bringing you this Tales from the Abyss. Until the next time, walk out there because driving is, is out of the question. Stay safe, America. <laughs> <laughs>